And so you ready for the word? Yes. Thank you very much. Just two weeks ago, just two weeks ago, it was 9 a.m. and we were about to start our staff meeting. Every week we have a staff meeting. It's 9 a.m. We're getting ready. But Danica wasn't there. Danica was not in the staff meeting. And if, if you don't know who Danica is, Danica is the church uh, receptionist. In fact, she, she's doing what Iola used to do. Iola was also the church uh, receptionist. But Danica was a church receptionist. She's married to Shane. Shane and Danica are awesome. Yes, they are awesome. They're serving. You know, when you turn up here and all the flags are out and stuff and all oh, there's lots of stuff. Shane was on sound this morning. He, he, they lead the multimedia team. They do lots of different, uh, different things around uh, the, the church. Shane was on sound this morning, but they also lead and are doing an amazing job with young adults. They lead that, but incredible people. Yeah, come on, if we're going to clap, let's clap. So amazing amazing couple but it was time for staff meeting and Danica wasn't wasn't there so where was she and so looking out of my office window I could see a very pregnant Danica standing in the church car park with her hand through an open car window and what was she doing she was praying she was praying fervently for a person she did not know a person she had never met a person who had just pulled in to the church car park looking for help, needing a touch from God, and she met Danica. Danica had noticed this woman sitting in her car as she pulled up for work. The woman was distressed, and Danica acted. She didn't go, hang on a minute. Uh, wait a minute, I'll just go and get the pastor. I'll just go and grab a pastor for you. No, she knew what to do. And she did it. For us, it did us good watching from the office because we were all in the office going, who's Danica praying? I mean, it's like we couldn't see who was in the car, but, but, but we were just, just kind of as, I, I guess, as Danica's spiritual mom and dad were kind of going, oh, that's so, that's so cute. It's so nice to see her stepping out. Because you've got to understand, uh, Danica's, you know, she, she's coming to the church, got saved in youth and uh, growing up. And, 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 and she was a tough girl and, uh, you know, uh, from Waltaki. And she, 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 she's come here. God's changed her life and God's. And it was so good for us to see her acting and, 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 and again, just not going, well, I better get a pastor. But no, she was doing the business right there in the car. And that was such an encouragement to us, but we did tell her off for being late for this. No, we didn't know. No, we didn't. We, we, we were so proud of the, that which we saw her doing. She was praying confidently and boldly. She did not delay. She just reached out and prayed for someone in need. She knew what to do and how to do it. And so today I want to do part two of Demystify Public Prayer, part two, with a focus on praying for others. I, I was going to say after that, when I was talking about Danica, I was going to say, be like Danica. But then I thought that could be turned into a meme that could all go, so, so don't do that. But I guess I, I, I think I want to encourage us today in that kind of area. I want to talk with a focus on praying for others. As Christians, we know and believe prayer is important. Prayer is fundamental, not supplemental. We know we should pray. We know that it's good to pray, 
But I found that when it comes to praying publicly, out loud, in a meeting, or for others, many can't, or won't, or don't, or hold back, or even just downright refuse to do so. People break out when asked in these kind of situations. They break into a cold sweat. The blood drains from their face. And what scares me about this is that many of those who do this have been Christians, followers of Christ, for many, many years. After preaching part one of this message, multiple people came up to me and said, I'm that person, pastor. I'm that guy. I'm that girl. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. And I just want to say I want to help you today. I want to help you today. As a pastor, that's my job. Ephesians 4 verse 12. The equipping of the saints. I want to equip you today. The equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. That's what I want to do. I want to help you. You know, last week, uh, Kyle showed us this chart, the how many hours chart. And, and again, when we look at this, again, here's, here's our we're, we're, we're church in terms of the amount of time that it takes up in a year. That's what it looks like. And of course, we're not saying, well, we need to make this like this. I mean, that, that, you can't do that. That's not the point of the chart. It just gives us a reference and an understanding of how much our church and our devotions, really what part they, they constitute in our lives. But I, I think the main point for me is really what we do here on Sunday, I would hope, is like a seed that affects our Monday. That's my prayer, that what we do here on Sunday, in fact, I, I, if it was me, I'd put this right up here because Sunday is not the last day of the week. It's the first day of the week. And that's where we're, the, the, even what we're doing here right now is really giving God the first fruits of our week. We're saying, here it is. Here's the week up ahead. And I'm starting it off with you. I'm making you number one in my life. And my prayer is that the seed, this, even though it's small, that the seed of what happens here on Sunday would start to have an impact in all these areas on our Monday. Can I hear an amen, amen. to that? And so, so our values, what we learn here when we're, when we're in here, when we're doing our devotions, when we're getting into the Word of God, I pray that the values, the biblical principles, the, the things that you're learning will help you do life out here on Monday. See, Christ did not die so we could go to church. Thank you. Christ did not die so we could go to church. He died so we could be the church. So we could be the church to a hurting world and a broken world and to a, to a lost world. That's why he died. Jesus didn't just save us from sin, but for a purpose. What is that purpose? To go into all the world and preach the gospel. He, he, he died that we might be salt and light. In a dark world. It's not about living in this space. It's what happens here should affect this space. Every area of our life. And so what we learn here, my prayer is that we outwork there. And can I just say that's what Jesus did. Jesus, when he did and walked those uh, years uh, of ministry in his life, he didn't do, hey, I'm going to run a healing meeting. Or I'm going to do this at the church. No, no, he, he, he ministered where? Yeah. 
Not in the synagogue, but in the marketplace. He ministered. Most of Jesus' ministry was not done in a building like this. It was done out there in the workplace, in the marketplace, in the places you spend most of your week. And so what we learn here, we outwork there. Where we live, where we work, where we go to school, in our colleges, in our universities, among our families, in our professions, among our children, among our families, among our rallies, among our cousins, even the ones we don't like. And we live it out there. That's what I want us to understand. In other words, in other words what we learn here on Sunday should be used like Danica in car parks on Monday. Can I hear an amen, amen. for that? Oh, I should go off, but it's not. But in other words, yeah, like, like I said, what, what, what we learn here on Sunday should be used like on car parks on Monday. I've already said it. So praying for others or publicly is just one area where we should be proficient at, I think. See, like I said, Jesus' ministry was not here, but out there. It was not in the church, but it was in the marketplace. And so I want to help you today to be able to confidently pray publicly for others wherever you are, wherever the situation might present itself. So I want to keep this as simple as I have been doing, so as simple and as practical as possible. So what do we need to know and what do we need to do? What do you need to know? Well, last time I gave some points and I just want to recap those very quickly. I gave you, uh, I think, three points. Number one, prayer is just talking with God. That's all prayer is. What is prayer? What do you need to know? Prayer is just talking with God. The goal of prayer, says Spurgeon, is the ear of God. The second thing we said is don't be afraid to pray. Don't be afraid to pray. You got this. Tap your neighbor and say, you got this. You can do it. You got this. I want to encourage you to give it a go. If you make a mistake, laugh it off. We're always making mistakes. I make mistakes. In fact, one of our uh, executive members of our New Life executive said a portion of his sermon from a couple of weeks ago as he was closing closing it off. He's just like, I can't believe I did this in front of our whole church. And so he, as he said, he was, he was trying to pray. He was like, Lord, I just want to break off all the, uh, all the shame and the sin. That's what he wanted to say. But he took the SH of shame and he took the I of sin and SH and I, and he joined it all together. And I can't even say in church what he said on that Sunday. You can make it up in your mind, but, but, uh, but, but what did he do? He laughed it off. He's not going to get all depressed about it or upset about it. I make mistakes. This week I woke up early on Monday. I thought I'll go to the men's prayer meeting. I'll go to the prayer me- men's prayer meeting. I got all dressed and, and I was like, yep, yeah, I'm popping off to the men's prayer meeting. I came, I saw the guys were there. I came in, got into the room. I just, was, just joined the guys that were there only to hear Kyle going, Lord, as we close this time. As we've been together, I got there at the wrong time. I was already half an hour. <laughs> I was already half an hour. That looks pretty stupid for the pastor. So I just said, well, I just came here to check that there was somebody here doing something efficiently and properly at the, at the time. Give it a go. And number three, don't compare. You be you. 
Comparison is a joy stealer, a strength sapper, even when it comes to praying. Just be you. You know, when you see me pray, you know, I, I might be, even as I'm talking like this now, and I'm going, come on, when you pray, pray like this. You don't have to do what I do. You might pray quietly. In fact, sometimes you, you, you should pray quietly because it can be awkward. Lord, I pray for this person's malfunction. And their, what, uh, no, we, can, we just keep that quiet. Come on, somebody. Just keep it down on a low, low down. We don't want to do that. Don't you be you. And so a good starting point, and this is number four, and I hope this works because it, it has worked. Oh, there we go. And then I'll go to the next one. Um, no, I don't. is that where I want to go? Yeah, so, so use the Jesus prayer template. This is number four. Use the Jesus prayer template. If you're going here today, now, now maybe there are some people here today, it's like, Pastor, I don't need this. I can pray for one hour. Lord Jesus. And, and, and maybe you can. That's, a, that, that's, a, that's amazing. But again, I'm not speaking to you. I'm speaking to the person who's going, man, I can't do this. And I don't know why I'm talking like this, but I, um, <laughs> I can't do this. I don't know how. I'm spitting. You know it's going to be a good message today. But I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to. I'm talking to you. I'm not talking to the one who can pray for us. I'm talking to the one who can, will you please help me, Pastor? I don't know, because I want you to be effective where you are and out in your workplace and with the, with the people. I want, you to, I, I want you to know what to do in that situation. And so, so, so my fourth point, and this is where it's new today, use the Jesus prayer template. Friends, even the disciples didn't know how to pray. Even the you are in good company. If you're here and going, I don't know how to do that. You are in good company. And Luke 1, 1 one. That's Luke 11, verse 1. So it's actually 111. So this was an emergency. This was an emergency. They're like, Jesus, teach us how to pray. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus gives them what we call the Lord's prayer. But to be honest, it's really the disciples' prayer. The Lord's prayer is found in another place. But, but that's what we... We call it. In verse 2, Jesus said to them, when you pray, say this. In Matthew's gospel, where the Lord's prayer is also given, Jesus said, this then is how you should pray. This then is how you should pray. And then he gives the Lord's prayer. This is directly taken from Matthew. But here's the thing. Right here, Jesus gave us a template in the Lord's prayer. And so we should use it. Somebody say amen. <laughs> we should use it. And now I'm not going to deep dive on this because Jesus didn't. He just said, this is how you do it. Now you could deep dive and go, come on, let's talk about the kingdom. I'm going to do a five-week series on the kingdom. And we're going to talk about you know, what it means, the daily bread. I'm not doing a deep dive here. This is the template that I want us to understand. Like I said, I want to keep it simple and, and, and keep it practical. But this is, this, is, this is a thing that we can use if you're looking for what things should I pray, how should I pray. You can use this prayer as a template. So it starts with this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. So if you want to go, well, what do I, should I pray? How should I pray? Shane, come up here. Come up here, please, Shane. Everybody give Shane a clap. Stand over there, Shane. Stand over there. So if you're going, man, Shane's got things. What do I do? How do I pray? How do I pray? For, I, I just got, I used a template. 
And I, I would start off, and a good way to just start off is just to go, God, I thank you that you're Shane's father. You're Shane's father, our father that art in heaven. You are Shane's father, and holy is your name. Now, again, even when we're doing this, holy is your name. You can put many other attributes in there. What's some attributes of God? What's some other attributes? He's holy. He's loud, loud. Oh, one at a time. Somebody. Somebody. Just give me something. Loud, loud, loud. What? Faithful. Faithful. Yep. What's someone else? Righteous. Righteous. Yes. What's someone, what, someone else? Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. I can't hear what you say, but you've got the point, right? Because I got, I got, that worked in the 8 a.m. It hasn't worked in this one. <laughs> but I know what you, I, I'm getting, it, there are so many attributes of God that you can put in there. God, I thank you that you're Shane's father. I thank you that, 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 that you are a healer. I thank you to, today that you're, you know, because if he's coming up for healing, you could start to use the attributes of God, the, the very nature and characteristics. You're, you're holy, you're faithful, you're merciful, because he, he knows your steadfast love is new this morning, uh, God. And, and so, Lord, I'm praying for him right now. You, and again, so when I look at this bit, all we're doing is talking about how awesome. If you're using that as a template, it's how awesome is God. That's what this part is all about. So if you're going to start praying for somebody, start praying just by declaring the awesomeness of God. Come on, somebody. Just say, you, God, you're amazing. You are incredible. You're our Father. You're in heaven. We are down here on earth. Father, you just do something in his life. You are holy. And then it says this, your kingdom come, your will be done. That's like, okay, God, I, I'm believing. What, what do I do next? God, you're his father. You're, and, and God, I pray in his situation right now, I pray, holy ghost. No, uh, no. <laughs> I, pray, I pray the will of God would be done in his life. Father God, we trust in the Lord with all of our heart. Lord, let Shane acknowledge you in all of his ways that he would make, uh, uh, that you would make his path straight. Father God, we lift our eyes to the hill and Shane's situation from where does our help come from it comes from the Lord maker of heaven and earth thy will be done father God I thank you today that you're able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to your power that is at work within us and if you see there I'm praying scriptures really I do this all the time this is why it's so important when you're praying to memorize scripture I'll just let the pastor do it. No, no, you memorize scripture. To tap your neighbor and say, I think the pastor's talking exactly to you. I think, I think you need to step it up. We, 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 need, we need to memorize scripture because we can pray. I can't think of anything better than to pray the Bible. And so when you're speaking in this, your kingdom come, your will be done. Father God, we know that your will and his situation be done. We're going to trust you. We're going to trust you to, we're going to acknowledge you in this situation that you will bring it to pass and that you will, and so on. So I want to really encourage you to, to again, memorize scriptures, not just this prayer, but there are, the Bible has many prayers, many prayers that you can use as a, a, tem, a, a template. And so when you pray like this, what, what are we doing? We're praying the scriptures. And then we can talk about the daily bread, the daily bread. Well, what's that? The needs. That might be healing. I need healing. That's what I need for today. That's that. So, so we, we thank you, God, that, that, that you're our healer. We thank you that by your stripes we are healed. And so we pray for Shane in this situation. If that's what the need is, you can pray again the scriptures and pray through that. And again, people battle with all kinds of things. Oh, I'm just so mad with my auntie. She did this and she, oh, so, oh man, I can't ever. Hey, Shane, you need to, to forgive. You need to forgive. 
Okay, just let it go. It's just Vogel. Come on. Just, and, and, and you can pray in those kind of things because we know, we already know, well, what does God want in that? We already know what God wants. We need to forgive others as, 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 as God has forgiven, forgiven us. We know these things. Maybe the daily bread is food. Maybe the daily bread is food. We actually need food. We've got no, no are you all right with food? Oh, right, cool. But maybe he has a situation where he doesn't have food. So God, and they need to see God's provision or financial. So we thank you. What, what can we pray? You are Jehovah. Jireh. You're Jehovah Jireh, our provider. And I thank you, God. Get your hands out of your pocket. Uh, Jehovah. Jehovah. Oh, Shazam. Don't do Shazam. Don't do Shazam. It's not in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. It's America. God bless it. So, uh, so, so, so again, it's just that. That, yeah, who, who prays? Like, come on, it's just like, come on. The Holy Ghost is moving right now. Come on. But, 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 but again, too, you're praying, God, I know you're Jehovah Jireh for a situation. You can provide. You are, again, you're able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask. So you know his situation. Provide for their family. Provide for them. And it gets down to here, lead us, deliver us from the evil one. What's that talking about? Deliverance. Redemption. Breaking free. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. Some of you are here today, you're just going, you need to know that because you know you're, you're bound up and, you're, and things are, are, are gripping your life. But, it, but it's just coming into that place of saying, God, I just know right now you can deliver him from this situation. This thing that's binding him up, this, this problem, this issue, whatever it is, this pain, we break it off in Jesus' name. This is just, would you give Shane a hand? He did it awesome. <laughs> Yeah, but it's just re releasing deliverance, but breaking it off the struggle uh, and what people go through. This is a template along with many other prayers that we can pray. But this gives you a bit of a framework of how and what you could pray. And can I say, don't overthink this. Don't overthink this. See, remember, praying... I've said this, praying is learned by praying. That's how you learn to ride a bike. When you, when you learned to ride a bike, you didn't just fall off and go, that's it, I'm never going to get on a bike again. No, you got back on it. You got back on it, and then you fell off again. You got back on You didn't say, nah, I'm never going to do it. No, you just kept on getting till you learned it. You trial and error. Can I suggest you do the same with prayer? Praying publicly is learned by praying publicly. Praying for others is learned by praying for others. And like I say, you don't have to pray like me in the name of Jesus. You don't have to do that. You might just be in the name of Jesus. And like I say, we don't, sometimes that looks ridiculous. Just, just talk normal. <laughs> you don't have to go, and thou, oh God, thou thunderous thinksimuthus, King Jameses. Just talk normal. Just talk normal. I've taken my medication today. I'm feeling all right. <laughs> I, I'm having fun. I don't know if you are. But, but praying publicly is learned by praying publicly. Praying for others is learned by praying for others. And, and hear my heart here. Hear my heart here. Can I just say, when you're praying for others, because uh, sometimes we get so oh, I just don't know what I'm going to say. I don't need to formulate the, the prayer in my head. I need to get it all right because I need to say the exact words. No, you don't. No, I'm just telling you. I'm just can I say when you're praying, when you're praying for others, can I just remind you, remind me, you're not the focus. You're not the focus. They are. That's why it's important when you when you're praying for someone, listen to what they 
listen to what they say. I remember John Walton, he was with the leader of the New Life Movement many years. He's actually written this in his book because he's like, things not to do. And, and, and he just wasn't listening. He was sitting around a table. This lady was sharing, with, he was there with his wife, and this lady was sharing these really struggles and battles and stuff that she was going through, and he wasn't listening. He'd just gone away with the fairies, and he was just like, wonderful, great, marvelous. As she was telling him how she was backing out of her driveway and ran over her son. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. So you, his wife was like, John, what are you saying? And he was just saying, wonderful, great. Why? Because he wasn't listening. Sometimes we can be so focused on what we're going to say that we're not listening to the need that's there. Can I just say to you, when we're praying for others, you're not the focus. You're not the most important person. See, 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 your desire to see God set people free from their pain, pressure, their problem, the thing that's beating them up and bashing them down, your desire, the, your desire to see them set free from that is, is the thing, is the motivation that should be driving you. You can't help yourself. It's not about, oh, should I pray? Am I afraid? No, no, it's like you, I, I want to see this broken off you. My heart is for you. My heart believes that God can do something in this situation. So I, 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 I want to pray for you right now. You're, you're not worried about how good you pray or how, how fancy you'll pray. You're moved as Jesus was with compassion when he got around Lazarus' tomb and he could see all the distress. It says Jesus wept. He was moved by compassion and so should we be. We shouldn't be praying just because I've got fancy words and I can pull it all together. No, I'm praying because I'm moved and I want to see freedom on your life and I want to see breakthrough. Come on somebody, give Jesus some praise in the house. We want to we see people's lives changed and turned around for God's glory. That's what should drive us to pray. Listen, the proficiency and perfectness of our prayer will be of little significance when we are moved by another's pain. How good we pray is of little importance when we are moved by another's pain. It's not what we think about. See, understand this. The prayer, the prayer requires, true prayer requires more of the heart than skill of the tongue. God can pick sense out of a confused prayer. 16th century clergyman Philip Henry said this, and I think it's true. Prayers not felt by us are seldom heard by God. Philip Henry said that. By the way, uh, for those who are church history buffs, a little aside here, I'm throwing this in for free today. Uh, Philip Henry was the father of a guy, and if you've been studying the Bible for a while, you, you'll know this. If you, if you knew the Bible, you might, this will go, what, what is he talking about? But, 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 but Philip Henry was the father, I found out this week, of Matthew Henry, who went on and penned probably the most used commentary of the, uh, uh, of the Bible, the most used one in the entire world. I use it almost every week. I just realized today that Matthew was Philip's son. So that, for church history buffs, that I've thrown in for free this week. But when you desire to see God's very best in the lives of those for whom you pray, when you're more concerned about their need than the words you pray and plead, then no fear will stop you. See, the Bible says greater love, greater love. There is no fear in love. It says in 1 John 4 verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives 
without fear. When you feel somebody's pain, when you're moved by somebody's pain, friend, I don't tell, that's where you're not worried. I'm not worried about what words I'm going to say. I just know I need to pray for you, my brother. I know I need to pray for you, my sister, right now. And that's the thing that should motivate us. No fear will stop you. Greater love will override any fear that you may experience. So number four, use biblical prayers as templates. My fifth and final point is simply this. Find an excuse to pray. Find an excuse to pray. Find an excuse to pray rather than, this is what I want to say. Find an excuse to pray rather than an excuse not to. Oh, it's so easy to find an excuse not to. It's so, so, so easy to find an excuse not to. And, and, and again, again, I guess this is the challenge for this week, is who can you pray for? Who's that other person you can pray for? My challenge to you this week is, even this week, just, just pray for someone. Who could you pray for in the car park? This week, find an excuse to pray rather than an excuse not to. I saw an Instagram reel a few days ago and it was talking about this in, in regards to, to, to family. And the preacher said this, and I think this is good for all parents and families, and I'm sure many of you do it, but he said, next time your kid falls down, don't just pick him up, pick him up and pray. When you have a meal, and we've talked about this, just pray, make it an excuse to pray. Don't just put your kids to bed. Put them to bed and pray. Make an excuse to pray. When you drop them off at school, don't just go, get out of the car and don't be naughty. (laughs) Now, when you drop them off at school, pray. Say, I pray they have a good week, God. I pray that they'll be blessed. I pray that as they go into the world today, that you would protect and strengthen them. Come on, somebody. I pray that you would touch their lives. Pray, pray. Look for an excuse to pray rather than an excuse not to. Oh, it's so easy. This morning as I went down into my mom's house, she's like gets out of the the chair and she's like, oh, oh. And I was like, have you taken a Panadol? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Don't we do that, right? Don't we do that? It's like, I can get out and suddenly I remembered what I was preaching on today. So she was like, oh, it's my back. It's me back. And, and I, I'm like, you know, usually it's just, oh, get a Panadol. Toughen up, snowflake. You know, it's just like, no, I don't. I'm a lot nicer than that. But again, mum get, gets up and I, I'm just like, hey, what am I preaching on today? I better practice what I'm preaching. In the name of Jesus. She was cartwheeling at the end of it. No, she was. <laughs> She was going, Mom, get, whip it down the aisle right now. Come on. So <laughs> we can always find excuses. How, how many of you have been in your workplace and somebody goes, oh, man, I've got a bad back. And you're going, you're going oh, sure, I should pray. I should pray. I should pray. Who's done that? Come on, honestly. Or something like that where, where, where you're going, oh, I know I should pray. I know, but that's not enough. I, but then you start thinking of all the things that can go wrong. We find excuses. Well, no, if I pray, you might pull out a machine gun and then he'll, he'll attack me. And who knows what could. Uh, what could the, 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 can I just say the devil is a liar? Yeah. 
friends, you need to understand. You need to, you need to understand. That's just making excuses not to pray. Find an excuse to pray. Just say to that person, hey, can I just take a minute now and pray with them for you? Can I just, just 15, give me 15 seconds. Don't even wait for the answer. Say, Lord, I just pray that, that, that this person's back would be healed in Jesus' name. Because I know God's healed my back. And say, he doesn't heal it all the time, but he did it sometime. Maybe he'll do it this time. Can I just pray for you? Just, just give me 15 seconds. I'm a, I'm a Christian. I believe we should, we should pray. The Bible says by a stripes that you're healed. So let me pray. Let me pray. Start each day as a, as a family. Don't just, don't just say, what are you doing today? What's your plan? No, no, pray. Take a moment. Don't just kiss goodbye. If you kiss goodbye, pray. And Ira and I, every day, pray for one and a half hours. Yep, okay. <laughs> it's one and a half minutes. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Don't overthink this. We, take, we just make sure each day, each day. Lord, I thank you for this day. We pray you bless us. Today, as we're coming here, bless the service. Bless, bless the people that come. Bless you. Father, just be with us today in all that we do. It's just... It's just Find an excuse to pray. When you're with friends that you haven't seen for a while, or you go to a meeting, or, you know, Joel brought Smirska, his new wife, to his beautiful bride to, for us to see. So he came, brought her to, to our house. And we, we, what do we do is we're, we're leaving. We say, hey, well, let's pray. Let's pray. Let's take a moment. We were with our friends in Australia, the fishers. We only see them every couple of years. We hadn't seen them at the end of our thing. We could give them a hug and say, we're off to the airport now, have a good time. No, no, before we do that, let's pray. And we held hands. And we just took a moment and we just said, God, bless these people. Bless these couple. Bless them. May your favor be upon them. May your grace, may your grace fill their lives. May this home be blessed. May your spirit fill it. Those moments are powerful. Stop finding excuses not to and then find an excuse. Make an excuse to, to pray. That dude at work, he's in the cubicle. He's frustrated, he's angry about something. Hey, mate, can I just take a moment and just pray? Pray with you. <laughs> Actually, the cubicle could be the, t- <laughs> the Keep out of that, that's another. I'm just thinking in the office. I can see my daughter laughing. So it's like, Oh, no, that's cubicles, the toilet. Don't do that. Listen, the truth is I'm nearly done. (laughs) All right, see me in my office on. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Sinful people. Lord, have mercy. The thing is, a prayer could change somebody's life. And I'm not saying that like, oh, you just, I, I know it for a fact. Pastor Prem, who pastors our Connect Church in India, his life was changed through a prayer. When he prayed, he came into our house and we, I didn't know him. I'd never, I hadn't met him. I didn't know him. But his life was changed. When we prayed, he was healed instantly of that stomachache that he'd had for many, many, many years. His life was changed through a prayer. 
He went a few weeks later and prayed for his mother who was on, in the name of Jesus, who was on her deathbed, these Hindu people. And her life changed because of her prayer. We soon baptized 25 people, and today there's been a church there for some 25 plus years because of her prayer. I think of Fawaz al-Hafani, a Palestinian Muslim who I used to see coming past our gate, who ended up in our house. And I prayed for him. I didn't know him, but I prayed for him. The Holy Ghost touched him, his glasses fell off. And at the end of the prayer, he said, Adam, I believe that it was Christ on the cross who died. For Muslims don't believe that. He said, I believe. His life was changed by a prayer. Joy Chang turned up at our house. Don't know him, never met him. He turned up at our house. I don't even know who sent him to our house. He turned up. He'd broken up with his girlfriend. His heart had been ripped to pieces, and he needed somebody to reach out to him. We were able to pray with him that day, and his life turned around. He gave his life to Christ, and his life changed forever. And can I just say, there were fringe benefits to that. Because he was an amazing Chinese cook who ran restaurants. And so for the next few years, (laughs) we got amazing Chinese food, man. A prayer can change everything. On those days when I first met them, I could have easily made an excuse not to pray. I'm glad I didn't. It changed their life. Early 19th century pastor and evangelist F.B. Meyer said this, and I've used this in multiple sermons, but it's such a powerful quote and, and excellent for today. He says, the great tragedy of life, he was part of the Welsh revival. He said, the great tragedy of life is not unanswered prayer, but unoffered prayer, unoffered prayer where we've made excuses not to pray let that not be us let's make an excuse to pray this week in some situation make an excuse to pray rather than an excuse not to and everybody said amen Amen. I pray that encouraged you I pray made you think And I pray a bit of Holy Ghost fire would fill you this week. That moment when you know somebody gets in your workplace and they say something and that Holy Spirit convicts, you should pray. It's like, I'm going to do it. And then tell me you've done it. I I would love to hear because those are powerful stories that can change lives. And as I close, if you need to get right with God today, if you need to get right, With God today, I want to say a prayer for you. Bible says, as we've said, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Friends, the gospel, here's the good news, is not about how bad you are, but about how good he is. He made a way where there seemed to be no way. He doesn't say, you better sort yourself out and then you can follow me. He says, follow me and I'll sort you out. But we need to give our life to Christ. The Bible says he stands at the door of our heart. He knocks. If we'd open that door, he'll come in and invite him in. 
Say, God, I'm tired of doing it my own way. Come and change my life. With every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around a moment between you and God. If you're here today and you know you need to get right with God, in a moment I'm going to pray a prayer that says, Lord, I give my life to you. If you're saying today, would you include me in that prayer, Pastor? If that's you today, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to count to three and I'm going to ask you, if you want to be included in that prayer, you're just going to put your hand up and you just say, that's me, Pastor. I need to get right with God today. You know it. He's knocking on the door of your heart. You know you need to get, maybe you've been in church for ages, but you're living a life far from God. And so one, remember, Jesus loves you. Two, today if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Three, would you put your hand up and just say, that's me, I need to get right. Thank you, down the back there. Anyone else down the back? Thank you. Over to the side here. Anyone else? Nice and high so I can see it. Anybody else? Thank you in the front here. Down the back there. Thank you. Thank you. Slip those hands down. For those who've said they need to get right with God today, we're all going to pray this prayer together. Family, brothers, sisters. As your shepherd, would you pray with me? As I say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today, a sinner in need of a Savior. Today, I turn from my sin and turn towards God. Help me to follow you all the days of my life. This I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've prayed that prayer for the first time today, the Bible says you're born again. Keep coming to church. Allow God to work. Get discipled as we, we, we hang together and hear the word together and begin to learn the ways of God. Can we put our hands together for, for those who said yes to Jesus?